0: Chapter 3. Bad Timing and Love. Bad timing and love is a matter that seems controlled by destiny, but really it's simply a matter of deciding if the timing is really bad or if it is just inconvenient to make the changes necessary to be with a person you think you might truly want to be with. I mean, we say it's bad timing, but that really boils down to things like current living situations and circumstances that could all be changed. So yes, I'm saying that bad timing is a bit of a construct of the mind and I will stand firm in this because we tend to always have a lot going on or always have circumstances that make life a bit difficult. Then when love passes through in the midst of it all, we say it didn't work out because of bad timing. The truth is that it didn't work out because you didn't want it bad enough. Otherwise timing wouldn't really be such an issue. Have you ever had someone in your life who you were endlessly attracted to And maybe you were even in active love once upon a time, and then you keep brushing paths. It's never been possible to be together or together again, because one of the two of you is always in a relationship when the other becomes single. Or maybe that person is moving far away just as you move closer. The punk. You were weird and 16, and I was 14 and scared of you, but I think I fell for you without understanding that happened when I walked up to the vending machine at the community center. I was holding my chapstick. You asked if you could use it, and strangely I handed it to you. You rolled it up all of the way to the top, and you ate it and chewed it and looked at me with your piercing eyes, crooked smile, and green spiked hair. I acted like I was afraid, but I was intrigued because you were not nice to me in a way that I felt was humorous and intended to capture my attention." I knew you from my sister's bedroom when you would smoke marijuana with her through a paper towel roll with a dryer sheet on the end of it, the two of you blowing it out of the open window. I think it still smelled like pot, not the dryer sheet, but my parents were down watching TV and they didn't smell anything. I would walk into her room as the annoying younger sister with a burning curiosity about you. You would look at me funny and I would look at you wanting to know you for whatever reason. I think it's because you were just different and I was just there with a scrunchie and a side ponytail. I entered high school and you were in a band and it was punk and you were super popular and edgy and cool, but I just remembered when you ate my chapstick that day and made fun of the black roots of my hair against the gold tone from the sun and spray I used. I wanted to be edgy too because I was on the inside, but outside I wore sweaters from the Gap and J Crew with men's Levi's that were in style for girls at that time. We saw each other at parties and I dated your friend, an older guy who was just out of high school who treated me like dirt or an afterthought. When you looked at me at the parties, I knew you didn't think I was an afterthought, but I didn't have a clue what you were thinking exactly. You didn't look me up and down, but instead you looked me directly in the eyes and I liked your eyes. Over time, the way you looked at me kind of changed and the way I looked at you kind of changed too, and we got closer through our glances across the room. I went to the prom with a boy named Chip and you went with a girl named Katie who obsessed over you and you didn't seem to want to be with her and Chip was just my friend." At the prom, you paid attention to me and I paid attention to you and then we left with our dates and went to a party. The party had a fire and we were outside and you sat down next to me and I figured out I liked you because I was all goofy inside. And we drank too much alcohol and slept in my car together and kissed and made out and then we woke up smelling like bonfire in our prom clothes and drove to the gas station to buy Mountain Dew. We drank it and Alanis Morissette was singing something about being ironic on the radio and I was singing too and you thought it was ridiculous that I knew the words. Punks didn't listen to things like that. After that, I was like your girlfriend, but I'm not sure I ever really was, but I think I was as close as a punk would get to a girlfriend. But then I really was your girlfriend, and I knew it when you bought a car like mine, a Ford Tempo in brown, and mine was blue. This made me happy and edgy like I wanted to be with everyone at school. I still dressed the same, but I wasn't the same because now I was with you. We got a job at the new gas station in town, and you were my shift leader, and I was still your girlfriend." Our manager was a man named Shannon and he made us clean the floorboards and we stocked the deli and donuts in the mornings. Shannon would leave and we would go in the back and open up the door and smoke cigarettes and eat combos and hang out. You taught me about punk music and ska. You graduated and I was still in high school and you moved into a house in the city and that was exciting because I could go there. My mom allowed me to visit, but I think I had to lie sometimes. I felt cool because I was in your house, and you were able to smoke weed and play loud music and do whatever you wanted. You were so weird, and I loved it. One night, I came over, and you threw lemon meringue pie at me. We got into a food fight with the pie, and I was covered in it, and then you started kissing me, and we went in the shower, and it was really hot, and the pie washed off, and we went to bed. It was my first romantic movie moment, and I was only 16, but I knew what to do, and you knew even better, and it was fun and exciting and raw. I moved out of my parents' house and got my own apartment when I was 17, and you came there and we would leave together and go to parties and do bad and good things together, but mostly bad, although harmless. You were always on my mind, and I was on yours, and you liked my writing, and I liked your music, and you looked less punk-like, and your cheek dimples were so cute, and we had matching dimples on our chins, but yours was much deeper. I loved you, and you were the first one I ever loved, because you could talk to me in a weird way that I understood, and I could talk to you too, and we were connected, that was for sure." things shifted after I graduated from high school I left for college in a state out west and there was a guy I was dating out there with dreadlocks who was also in a band but their music sounded nothing like yours you happened to move to the same state a year later but you lived south and I lived north I wasn't with the guy with the dreadlocks anymore you came to see me you wanted to be with me and move where I was and I didn't think I loved you like that anymore because I was finding myself away from home and you reminded me of home and I didn't want the reminder at that time I told you I didn't want you to move, so you stayed living two hours away. Not long after, you had a girlfriend, and I missed you and reconsidered how I felt and thought we should be together, but you had the girlfriend. I think her name was Marie, and I thought that was a strange name for a young woman. But anyway, you were with her for a while, I think maybe years, and all of those years I wondered what would have been if I would have accepted your offer to move in and be with me. I didn't though, and there was nothing I could do about that. Of course, life moved on almost immediately, as it has to after heartbreak. I moved back from the cold Midwest to the West because I was putting myself through school and I couldn't afford it out there anymore. So you were much further away, and I met a guy who had become my husband not much later. I was happy with him, and we had a thriving long-distance relationship that turned into me making another move to a bigger city a few hours away from where I was at the time. There was a day my phone rang, or messages were coming, or maybe it was both, and you were not with Maria anymore, and you told me that maybe we could be something, and I told you that I was with someone else. I was sitting at the kitchen table when it happened, and I was thinking how very sad it was that we just kept on missing one another, but I was happy and in love with someone else. The love I had for you was still there, but I pushed it down because that's what you do in times of poor timing. When I think about it, I must not have loved you enough, otherwise I could have changed everything, or maybe I was young and stupid and had made up my mind. The new guy, the future husband, sent me flowers and took me seriously, and you were still a punk undercover, grown up, but you were not very serious, although I think you were serious about me and your insides, I could tell. We both moved on, and distance meant I didn't see you at all, but we would sometimes message one another, and that was comforting, although I didn't think of you that much, if I am being honest. Fifteen years later, I got a divorce, and I told you, and you told me, that you were getting married. I wasn't happy for you because I was sad for myself, not only because I had hoped maybe I could see you and be with you, but because I was divorced. I met your wife but at the time I think she was still your girlfriend but I can't remember where we were or why we met but it felt strange. We had dinner but I don't really remember what we ate. She was so pretty and a little younger than me but I wasn't jealous. I might have been envious though and a little self-conscious because she was so pretty and I was sad I wasn't her. It wasn't that I wanted to be her rather it was that I thought it was me and you who should be together but we couldn't be. There was another time I saw you for only a few hours because I happened to be near where you lived and you happened to be happy about that. We were at a pool in the high desert, and you came in, and you were so funny, and you looked incredibly hot, and you looked at me like you thought I was too. We were drawn to each other there, and when you left, you called me and said something cute that made me feel special, and like you wished we could be together like I wished, but we couldn't. You might have been married, or you were engaged, but you were committed to the really pretty young woman I awkwardly met sometime before. It was hard for me to move on from that moment because I knew the feelings were mutual, but moving on has to happen when there's bad timing. After that, there were a lot of years that passed and we stayed in touch because we both worked in wine now and I thought that it was kind of cool, like a call from destiny, but it wasn't, it was just a coincidence. You manage a winery and we decided I would come by with my colleagues and see you, so we did. There was no sign you were a punk anymore because you had great style and hair and your face was more handsome. I was nervous and you were chatty, telling my colleagues that I was your girlfriend in high school and we had been in love and I thought that was really sweet. I was your girlfriend, but now you were married and I was divorced and independent and didn't need a man anyway. On another occasion, we thought it would be fun for me and my friends from our hometown to come and stay at the winery and see you, so we did. There was a guest house you made for us, and I remember we arrived, and there were farm fresh eggs on the counter and bottles of wine to appreciate. Seeing you was different this time in the best way, and it felt like we still had a real connection, and we talked a lot and laughed and drank wine, but that was all, and then we left. Your wife was not around, which was better for me because it was nice to know you were happy, but I didn't really want to see it live and in person. Seeing you felt familiar, and we carried on our connection, although only occasionally. You would text me, and I would text you, and it was clear there were feelings, but you were with her, and I was not with anyone, and I couldn't be with someone who was with someone. Being single, men were like predators and I was wearing thin of dating and dealing and feeling like I wasn't a wife anymore. Wives are taken seriously and dates are not, and I was not because I am a strange mix of a woman. Our communication became more frequent and it became more clear that you wanted to cross the line and then I got pissed and told you that you were a predator like you were. It wasn't about you though, it was about the men who just wanted me for a moment and I missed being married and I missed my ex-husband and I wondered why I wanted to not be married because it was actually pretty nice, especially compared to this. We didn't talk again for years after that and somewhere along the way I reached out to you or you reached out to me I told you I wasn't upset with you anymore because you asked if I was and we decided we were all good I drove past where you live some years later and beforehand I reached out and told you I'd be there and asked if you wanted to have coffee You said yes or we could have wine and I said that would be great, but my time was limited there So I would let you know once I arrived Maybe it was bad timing because I didn't have that much of it But I decided not to see you and messaged you to let you know and you were totally cool with that I don't think either one of us felt sad about it or glad about it, but neutral and relaxed. You were still married, and I was in a relationship, and that's how it's been for some years now. I've always loved you in the distance, even when I didn't think I did, and that's the truth. It will always be the truth, but I don't want to marry you, and you don't want to marry me, and it seems we are even okay with what will never be, because it already was back in my car after prom, and it can't ever be like that again, and that was so wonderful, so why make it different?